Are you recording things? I'm recording. We are standing next to a CRX that I don't think I've ever seen before, but I've seen on the internet for a long time. Uh, Andy Hollis is hanging out with us here for a minute. So, what's up, buddy? Uh, not much. Glad to have him. Yeah, we, here. How's uh, how's your super lap battle? Well, yesterday it was not going very well. I basically right. got one unsuper lap. Right. <laughs> but the I couldn't use wide open throttle. It was uh, it was uh, having problems there and. Um, I had been thrashing all week because I didn't find out that I was getting an entry to this until uh, Tuesday. Right. Because um, this was the uh, free entry that's awarded to the um, winner of Time Trial Nationals. Okay. And I was third on that list. And first gave it up pretty early in the thing. Second uh, place just canceled on Monday when its car wasn't going <laughs> to be ready. So I got the notice, and, of course, my fast car is at the dealership where it's been for the last two and a half months waiting on parts, the McLaren. Yeah. Um, but they had just gotten the parts in last week, so yeah. there was some thought that it might get ready, and I was getting updates all week long. But meanwhile, I was prepping the old girl up yeah. to K- bring it out. K24 swap CRX K24 is the old girl. swap CRX. Yeah. This car was a veteran of four One Lap of Americas. That's a lot. Um, including a high finish of, uh, what was it, fourth overall? I think so. Yeah. That's um, a banging finish for this car. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, the, only cars, the only kind of cars that beat me that year were GTRs. Um, it's also done 170 miles an hour at the Texas Mile a few years back. And a full uh, mile? What's that? The full mile? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah full mile. And then um, uh, what else did we do? Oh, we, we won a couple of solo national championships in Street Mod Front Wheel Drive. I forgot you won solo with this. I, I did win, or maybe it was once. I don't remember. Yeah, I know you did at least once, right? I lose track of that stuff. Um, but, yeah, um, the car's, the car's been there. I'll never sell this car. Yeah. People keep asking. I'm like, no way. It's, um, a, it's, a, it's a really it's, – it's like the perfect – I built this in my garage. Right. But it's faster than your pro-built car. Like, it's that car. Yeah. Like, if I showed yeah. you the garage that I built this in, yeah. you would laugh. It was it like uh, the, the most crowded two-car garage yeah. ever, I heard. It's your, yeah. it, it, I'm a terrible pack rat. And, right. and it's so everything, I, I just keep stuff in the garage. You know, tools and things, too, but in parts, but lots of car parts and things. D- Derek Yarbrough has bought tires or wheels from me before or picked them up or trans. Yeah. And he yeah. said, Andy's got a storage unit that is so full. Uh, and, <laughs> or <yeah>. did. <laughs> that, that's right. Yeah. The, yeah. the tires, I, I have no room for them right, there. So right. they... they for the longest time, until we moved to the new house, um, which was just a year ago, um, that uh, that stuff was in a storage unit. It was literally just completely packed. Right. Full. Out. Actually, I should think about it. It was half tires and half wine, but that's a whole. No- that's another. Well, that's kind of thing cool. I'm deep into. Um, but whatever. Um, but yeah, so the car was running not so good yesterday, but this morning I, I took it home midday yesterday and worked on it last night and right. got it running again. So uh, fingers crossed, seems to be working okay now. Yeah, so, it's uh, it's a cool little car. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, it's got the stock TSX motor in it. This is yeah. sort of my NASA uh, motor, so it doesn't make as much power. It's like 220. What is that, a TT5 car? Uh, it, it'll actually fit in a TT4. It okay. won't fit in a TT5, but it does fit in a TT4. Okay. Um, my good motors, the 300 horsepower motors, uh, which I've that's what I used to run in one lap, um, Those uh, that would be a TT3 car Okay. Um, in that trim. What does it take to make your 300 horsepower K24? Say that again. What what's uh, built on the 300 horsepower motor? So these these um, these motors respond really well to compression. Sure. Yeah. Um, and basically, every point of compression adds like 30 horsepower across the line. Yeah. Um, so those motors were like 14 to one, something like that, uh, running on E85. Jeez. Um, so they can take it. Um, and then cams, of course. Um, and you want those two things together because if you do compression but not the cams and you don't get the extra overlap. 
you'll actually end up with lots of uh, ignition detonation problems. Okay. Uh, which I learned the hard way. I, I've blown up a lot of K motors and have a reputation for doing that, learning things. You've been putting K motors in these for eleven years or ten years? Ah, uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's, and, I, uh, and I build them all myself. It was um, one of your your K swap uh, hatchback was one of the first EF K swaps I saw. Yeah, so. it was. Uh, yeah. That was just, and that was a straight up JDM K20A um, right. that I put in there. And it's because um, uh, I prior to that I'd just been an autocrosser, and then he opened up a local track here with a real. It's a membership track, but it's super cheap. Right. I pay two hundred bucks a month to drive as much as I want. Right. That's I so mean, cheap. That, that's so cheap. So, and at the time, all I had was like an STS Civic, you know, for an autocross car, and handled great. Yeah. But boring on the streets. <laughs> so more power was in order. You know the 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 K20 doubled the the horsepower instantly. Yeah, and that was a lot of fun in a lightweight car. And then you know the bug just bit me hard, um, particularly going out to one lap. That was the first year I went to one lap right. and opened my eyes to lots of things. So the second year we were going to go to Daytona. I'm like, I can't take that to Daytona. I need a lot more power, and I need a more aerodynamic chassis. So I ditched the hatch. Um, and bought this car at a salvage, Copart salvage. Yeah. Uh, I think I paid 400 bucks for it, something like that. Shell's in good shape, too, it looks it, like. It really is. I had looked at the pictures online. I had a whole lot of pictures. I could see why they totaled it. And right. it was just, and, and I haven't actually, I, I never fixed any of the bodywork because right. I'm superstitious. I, I feel like if, if, if I fix the bodywork, I'll be in a big wreck in that corner. Yeah. So I left. There's some minor little dents. It's like stuff. literally dense. Totally but, dense. But if you have to pay anybody to work on a Civic, it's right. totaled. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so. Exactly. And it's not like these cars had airbags. They didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no. So I, the chassis was cheap, and then and then um, and I I figured out the K24s will fit in just as easily as K20s, other than the hood. Right. Um. So it was lots of little projects on the car. Then as soon as I. I put more power into it, and that, I think that first motor was right around 280, something like that. Then I'm like, well, these brakes don't work very good. Right. <laughs> so we did that. What uh, do you have it, on the front for brakes? Yeah, so it's a fast brakes kit, um, 11 and 3 quarter by 0.81, um, uh, two-piece rotors. Um, but these, this is one of his early kits. Um, this was the biggest rotor that would fit inside a 15 by 9 inch right. wheel, which is what I've run uh, on the track all these years. Um, and but this is just a four piston version. He's got newer versions now, like you see up on Cotil's car and some yeah, of the Stop other ones. Yeah, and yeah, they're they're, they're, they're trying to do an Elcon one or I something saw or AP. That. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So so yeah. there's a whole lot of new options. Which if I keep running this thing, I may do right. something because the the brakes on this are uninspiring. Yeah. Um. That's when I look at data. It's funny. I'll, I'll compare data between this car yeah. and the McLaren on the same track and this car hangs with it in the turns if right. they're on similar tires but on the straights of course it just drives away but more importantly under braking right uh, modern brakes are just a hell of a lot better than these yeah. you know cars um and this thing you know they will be abs or any of that kind of stuff to right. help you out so have you ever is, thought about doing the a lot of people are starting to retrofit abs into the older cars yes you're right so, so like the, the bmw yeah. thing yeah yeah. yeah 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 that's actually something i've been eyeing up it's, I think it's a little trickier on this car that tripods a lot in turns. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. So you've got to you've got to have it's got to be four channels yeah. and be able to ignore the the you know the wheel that's off the ground. Right. Um, and so, but if I can do that, then I may I may try something like that. Yeah, right. sure. sure. Yeah, we've we've got I think two GLTC cars here that have it. Oh no, kidding. Um, it's a it seems like 
Seems pretty straightforward. Yeah, so. well, the Miata guys have figured it all out. Right, they, right. It's like, oh, you use these reluctant rings. And Corvette this, guys. They, yeah, Corvettes they've all too. done okay. it. Yeah, yeah the, so. the, the, it's real turnkey for those guys. Right. right. Um, I would certainly be an early adopter to, to put it on I, here. The, the same thing I thought, uh, as you just said, is, yeah, my car lifts the inside rear. Yep. Like, And it might hold it up in the air until it stops spinning. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Totally. Totally. Yeah, I, yeah that's, uh, that is a problem. Yeah. So. Um, so you guys have both done one lap. Uh, you were Abe did it in sixteen. Yep. Uh, you've done it for what? Ten years? Eleven years? Uh, let's see. I started well, in twenty ten. So yeah. well, it would have been right. Yeah. So it was ten years because we we had the no lap last year. Right. Um, but it, one lap is definitely happening this year, okay. um, for sure. Um, and uh, my wife and I have our, just gotten our first shots, and we're due for our second. So cool. so we're good. Yeah. On a lot of that because we were really worried about you know going out there you know around the country still. Um, but yeah, it's definitely happening. Um, and this year's route is a kind of southeasterly route, although it's coming as far as Texas. Yeah. So I've got a couple of uh, local-ish tracks that I've got a lot of time on. So that'll right. be nice uh, to do that. Eagles Canyon, uh, Nola Motorsports Park. Right. Um, so um, I just need to get out to some of the other ones and get a little more seat time. Yeah. Uh, my plan is to go to Summit Point next weekend. Oh, yeah? um, and then hit the time trial national tour event at vir it's only four hours difference what what summit point track big uh big track yeah i yeah. mean yeah, main, main. Okay. Uh, yeah one lap will not run jefferson yeah um because of the jump stuff and and oh you mean shenandoah uh, or shenandoah i'm yeah. sorry yeah, shenandoah yeah, the is, jump is yeah. gnarly it's yeah, they, they rowdy won't, they have done it before and it did not end well they they, they yeah. lunched like three cars that day yeah so Brock won't do it. We He's had like, we nah. had uh, we had one car hit the wall, and Corvette basically scattered itself when we yeah. ran Shenandoah. And there's a way around it, but then it kind of dumbs the whole track right. down, and it's like why, it's why confusing regardless. It is. It is. It's and, a really interesting place, though. And Maine, Maine is a good track. And yeah, Maine's a, it's a good track. It's got a nice long straightaway. Never driven um, it, but it looks really fun. Oh yeah, so. it is. And and the carousel is a lot harder than you think. Right. It just looks like a couple of turns, but there's a lot going on there. I always thought speed. that Maine had really good flow. Yes, like right. it, it was. Oh, yeah. It was not a super complicated track, but it like yeah. was rewarding. Yeah, Shenandoah, and I have not driven Shenandoah, but to me, when I look at the layout and all, it, it's more like third, almost fourth gear autocrossy. Oh, definitely, kind of feel definitely. to it. Yeah, it's not a not a big boy track. And Summit Maine was built a long time ago. Yeah, Back, it's a very old you know, track. It, it, if you look at the style of it. It, it matches the style of tracks that were built in that era. And it still has halfway decent runoff in a lot of areas yep. versus like Shenandoah has got a concrete block every yep. every square inch of the track. So Yeah, yeah no, um, I'm not a fan of those. You guys were just talking before we started uh, recording about your experience at Palmer oh, yeah. in one lap in <laughs> 16. Uh, uh, so, so I'll set this up just a second. Um, in 16, it rained, I think, five days out of seven. Yes. And... I was on the RE71R. And cold. <laughs> and it was very cold. I didn't pack like a heavy coat. Right. Should have. Yeah. Um, it was cold all week. But uh, we went from pit race to Palmer, and Palmer was basically brand new mm -hmm. at the time. Yep. I don't think that anybody had much experience. It had in. been built like within six months, right? Yeah. I actually had a recon trip up there with Peter Lear. We went the week before. Oh, geez. And the weather was the same. Really? Yeah. And I didn't have my car because it was still getting fixed at the time, so I drove his car in the wet and cold. On a strange track. But uh, you watch videos of the car, or excuse me, of, of the track, you can't appreciate the elevation. You just can't. No, no. And uh, I went out on the circuit, and it's raining hard, and there is a river of standing yep. water uh, yep. crossing from the left to the right of the main straight at start finish. Yeah. Um, and it's a fast circuit. And oh, yeah. I was doing like 115 yeah. going through this water, and I was like, nope. 
Yeah, and a jersey wall along the left edge. Yeah. And, and a cliff on the right. And a cliff on the right. Right. Do you want to die? No. I, I liken it to kind of a half-scale mount panorama. Uh, in the feel of it, so it's okay. a lot of lot of guardrail or, or a lot of lot of jersey wall, a lot of tire walls, and, down, and that kind yeah. of stuff. A lot of up and down um, sort of thing, but it had that feel to it, uh, yeah. to me, and and uh, and I and I respected it as such too. Yeah. <laughs> How long is that track? You know, I don't really know. I, I actually don't know. Um, I know well, that GTA is going there this year. That's true. Yeah. It, it it's interesting in that that year because it was so cold and it was so wet that that. Uh, um, Having a more race car prepped car was typically a bad idea. Yeah. In fact, that was the year that Robert Thorne won in a mostly stock yep. Nissan GTR. Yeah, it was like tires. Yes, right? you couldn't you couldn't do a, pick a better situation for a GTR to shine. And of course, Robert, right. you know, super fast uh, ex pro racer. So um, it was it was a solid combo to come out there and, and, and beat everybody in, in lots. Now of he just comes to grid life and drifts with us in a right. Miata. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's having fun in uh, lots yep. of ways. Yep, no doubt, um, no doubt. So you've driven a lot of tracks, uh, yep. a lot of one laps. Um, what's your uh, What's your favorite track? My favorite. I get asked that a lot. Um, so my list includes things like VIR um, and uh, Road Atlanta, uh, some of the usual suspects. Uh, Road America, for obvious reasons. Right. Um, the track that scares me the most, uh -huh. which is why I love it, is Brainerd Donnybrook. Really. The old school. I mean. Nobody in their right mind would design a track like that today. Yeah. Um, and for people out there listening that have not been there, it's not the comp course. Um, basically, this is the track that they used to run Can-Am on and things. And the front straight is, I don't know, it's like a mile long. It's a drag strip, you know, and then it keeps going and going and going. And then it has a moderately banked turn one where the runoff, at least the first year I ran it, the runoff was basically a field mm -hmm. and then some trees down there. Now, they've added some some tires in there now lately, but it's scary because in a lot of cars, so, so I want to say it was um, in the 720, I was 180 top speed on entry and 130 maybe at the apex. Wow. Um, it's, it's the fastest, like, road course turn, you know, other than, like, a Daytona or something like right, that. Right. Um, in uh, in the country. Yep. yep. Uh, and then, then once you get through, <laughs> turn two is similar but level, flat, no 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 banking. And so if if one doesn't get you, two will get you. Um, and then it it blends into the comp course, which has been re repaved and beautiful curbing and all that kind of stuff for a little bit. Then it goes to this other section where it goes back around the outside, and the pavement is all old and rough. You make a 90-degree turn where the exit, the track-out point, is a bridge abutment. <laughs> oh, jeez. Who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> so if you lose it on track-out, you're going straight into a bridge abutment. How well-protected is it? Um, not. <laughs> <laughs> then, you, then you drive along. So it's What's, like still 1970s oh, Can-Am? Can totally, totally. <laughs> and and I've, I've run there. Let's see. I've done two one-laps on there, and I did one recon trip at I don't know, it was a PCA weekend or something like that and I didn't even do all my sessions because I'm right. like I'm just not risking it and it's scaring the crap oh wow and at the beginning of the year so the PCA event we went there so they put VHT on the uh, on the track right uh, on the, the drag strip but they don't they had not yet done that that year and VHT when it's wet it's terrible when it's cold it's almost as bad as wet Wow. So that day I don't know it was like you know in the high 30s low 40s uh, kind of like the Palmer weekend and there's no grip on the VHT. 
So what you had to do was you drove in between the two lanes. Oh God! Straight on up the, the concrete. Of the track and and but the the the, the back end of, of the 720 is so wide that it's touching the the, the slick VHT on oh both sides. Oh my gosh! So you had to manage it so that you had an equal amount. Otherwise, the car would start yawing one way or the other. Yeah. It was scary as shit. But that's why I love it. So right. that one always ends up on my list um, of tracks that I love. And, and Coda. I mean, I have to put that song on the list. A lot I, of I people, like Coda a lot A lot of people yeah. rag on Coda. Um, to me, those are people that have not mastered it yet. Yeah. There is so much hidden speed here. Now, I will grant you that the stadium section is a little hokey. It's done there for F1 for a variety of reasons. Um, but being an ex-autocrosser, you can pick up a lot of time in that section yeah. if you're patient. Um, I thought I actually I came into it thinking I'm not really going to like it because a lot of people complain. Right. Uh, and I did, I've by no means even come close to driving well there. I could only do one lap at a time with my crankcase pressure being crazy. <laughs> uh, but uh, seeing it and like it's it I could see how this is a place that you keep coming back to. Right. You just come back yeah. and come back and come back. Well, and, and I'm fortunate because I live here in town, and yeah. even though track days here are very expensive. If you factor in the travel costs, since right. I have none and I can sleep in my own bed, it right. ends up being a wash for yeah, me. Yeah, if you're not driving a VIR. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, plus I instruct down here a lot, and so so they trade that off for, for right. track time as well, although I haven't during the last year for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a great place. I'm And, you know, it's also nice, too, because I've got a variety of track cars. I've got three different ones right now. And, and the one I won't break, the, the, the ND Miata, right. I've driven it here, and but it's, you know, it's the wrong car for this track. Yeah. I take that, that one down to my little local correct. You know. um, so tell us a little bit about um, the 12C in 2016. Uh, <laughs> we, we started recording just a minute too late. You were talking a little bit about it. But right. uh, the story was, or at least the story that I had always heard, was that uh, the year that you were running it at one lap, you were clearing trouble codes while you were on yes. hot laps. Yeah, so let me, let me rewind a little bit and tell you how that the whole thing started because that's a, that's a fun story. So that was the last year that I had driven this car. It was the previous year. And we had gotten as high as fourth place, and, I'm, and I said to myself, I can never go any faster than that. It's never going to happen, so I need a different car. So what can I do to get a similar idea of a lightweight car? Well, K-Miata, and that's when K-Miatas were just starting. Calza talked to Delvi Calzada, um, and I, basically I bought a car, um, and I had the second-running customer K-Miata in the country. Um, another guy beat me by a week. Yeah. <laughs> so I was an early adopter on all that stuff. Um, and then I uh, put big wheels and tires and a bunch of other things on it. Um, and anyway, that was going to be my crazy wide, car. wide body and everything. Yeah. We, we did yeah. we did a lot of work on that car. Um, we did the cage in a way that would work on the street, all these kinds of things. And then it broke like, I don't know, it was two or three weeks before one lap. It was here at Coda and it, it just launched a rod bolt and put a hole in the block and I had no time to fix it. So I was there with my buddies that night and trying to decide. Of course, my wife had been wanting a GTR all this time, and mm -hmm. I, I just didn't think I wanted one. Anyway, uh, a friend of mine, Peter Lear, said, uh, hey, you, you know how cheap McLarens are? And, I, and, of course, like anybody, McLarens are just a very cool car, very high performance. And he told me, and I'm like, really? That? Really? Anyway, I bought one. Uh, it had been used here by a guy. It was an early car. It had 28,000 miles on it. I think 20,000 miles were lapped here. So it had been run hard, put away wet. That's a lot. That's a lot. So anyway, I, I drove it, and, and um, it was 
fine. What year was that, by the way? That was a 2012. Mm-hmm. So it was one of the early cars with the swipe doors. Right. It was like a little bit before McLaren's got as almost perfect as they are. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I, I, I went to recon a couple of tracks. In fact, it was Summit Point we went to. We were going to run it that year. And at a practice day up there, a Porsche Club track day or something like that, it started coding out down the long straight. And it turned out that you needed a really long straight for it to have this code show up. So I, I ended up finding a dealer in Philly to, to, um, uh, to work on it. Um, came back and got it. They thought they replaced a turbo and about five other things. They thought they had it nailed. Um, and sure enough, we got on one lap, and it seems fine until I go to the first track that has a really long straight, and it codes out on me. Um, in fact, it might have been Road America. I think it was early in that in the, in that route that year. So what I had to start doing, and I was prepared for this, because would it limp mode when it happened? It would go to limp mode, right, okay. um, and basically it's a naturally aspirated motor at that point, which yeah. is not very fast. Pull all the boost. So what ended up happening is I I, I took a I had a OBD2 dongle, uh, and I had a phone and a phone mount, and I got really good at hitting being ready, and it would do it, and I would hit the button, clear codes, yes, no, yes. And the power would come back. That's so wild. And and what I was doing was to try to avoid it, it, it. You basically had to be wide open throttle for like, I don't know, I think it was like five seconds. So I would count to four, lift, which would reset the timer inside, and then go back to it, and it would work. Yeah. But a couple of times I missed. So I'd have to reset. So I was ready for the resets. And, and, I and for people... I distinctly remember Road America coming down to turn five. <laughs> Such a long straight. And, and, and I thought I got it right going into the bridge. And I was like, damn, it goes limp. So I turn in for the corner. I'm not losing anything at this point. I turn the wheel out. I'm punching buttons. I probably lost no less than a second or no more than a second yeah. getting it punched up. And then the power comes on. I'm back up the hill. And for people who don't know about One Lap America exactly, the competition format's not like a time attack where you got to like set your fastest time. Right. Um, talk, uh, talk us through exactly how yeah, that so works. So d- every lap counts. Basically. Every lap counts. Yeah. Um, you do you do groups of three laps. You right. get an out lap plus three hot laps plus a cool down. Every single lap counts. Yeah. So you're always learning about what your car is capable of in that situation and, and all like that. You're always pushing. Right. Um, and so the risk reward is very high. And, and a lot of times your attraction never been to before. Well, the and I think a crazy part of that is uh, depending on how the track is configured. It's very likely, uh, it is certainly possible that you will come in to turn one at speed mm-hmm. uh, at the end of your first flying lap, having never cornered that corner at speed before. Right. Yeah, you exactly. Because if you time, right? if you roll out, um, pit out, past right. turn one, yeah. you will have never seen uh-huh. corner one at speed before. Yep, exactly. Which, so, which makes it challenging. And, and, and that's three, part of what I love. It's like three or six laps at a track and you're done, right? Yep. So you don't get 20. Yeah, you do yeah. three in the morning. Yeah. And then you go, you take a break. In fact, that's the only real downtime on one lap is right. in between your morning session, and the afternoon session, lunchtime and, and all like that. And just kind of chilling while other groups are running. Yeah. Because they don't typically run five to six cars at a time. Right. Spaced out so that you won't typically pass anybody. You don't have to. Um, and uh, and then, yeah, you run in the afternoon. Then you leave. Hit yeah. the road. Leave. Go to the next. Drive to the next track some six or eight hours away. Um, it's such some, a gruel of a competition. It is. And, and that's the thing people underestimate is, is by Thursday-ish you're really tired yeah. you know it's just the gruel of, of all that driving um plus having to crank yourself on in the morning um and and um and and go out and do something that's super dangerous yeah <laughs> well and and almost always you're arriving at the hotel late yes. and you have to i mean the 
track stuff starts early the next morning. Yep. So like yep. the number of hours that you actually get to sleep after you try and get cleaned up and whatever is mm -hmm. not yeah. many. It's really important that you have a, a, a co-driver with you that, that you trust driving so that you can be studying notes and videos for the next day's track or whatever it is you're going to do. Um, and I mean, because all that's super important. Um, and nowadays with videos, it's, it's really nice. You can, you can get a pretty good idea of what you need to be doing. Um, find some from a you know a good driver in a car that's similar, and you get an idea of pay back speeds and stuff like that. Um, but it's uh, it's still super super challenging, and the conditions you know can be very very different because it's springtime. Yep. So depending on what yeah. part of the country you're in, it's usually early May, right? Uh, it's always the first week of May. Yeah, yep. yeah. it's always the first week of May. Um, and in fact, this year is going to be a challenge because we're coming as far south as NOLA, um, and as far north as Gingerman. Well, I guarantee you the first week of May, the weather in Gingerman and the weather in New Orleans is going to be very, very different. It could be 70. It could be 38. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. So uh, Gingerman, it's the end of the week, and uh, NOLA's right. towards the beginning. So uh, you're, you're kind of running the, the 12C, um, and then the, I think the following year you, you changed to a GTR. You were, you were uh, yes. talking about all the warranty work that happened on the 12C. <laughs> you hold a record, uh, I guess, right? So, yeah. So, so chasing this problem, which you'll love what we finally figured out what the problem was. But in chasing this problem, replacing turbos, adjusting wastegates, uh, replacing various sensors, blah, 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 blah. We, and by the way, this car had an extended warranty. Yeah. So I hope I'm a huge fan of extended warranty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would never own a McLaren without an extended mm -hmm. warranty or, or new car warranty. Um we build $100,000 to the extended warranty, and that is the North American record. Um, for McLaren? For McLaren, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the car, and I actually had to start looking at the fine print. They, they won't let you bill any more than the current value of the car. Oh, wow. And so luckily I was just at the current value, or they would have stopped paying for it. Now that's per year. Yeah. So it resets for the second year. But wow. <laughs> so what did you, um, what did you find? It is uh, 11.45. Okay. I got 12. Okay. Sorry. So uh, what, what, so what was the issue? So ultimately the culprit. So you know when you, re you, know when you replace your air filter and, and the filter has this, this orange foam around it? Sure. And the filters are up in the fender wells kind of blind. So somebody is replacing them, basically takes the housing off, sticks his hand in there, grabs them, pulls them out, takes a new one and puts it in. A piece of that inch wide by about three inches long foam had stuck to the enclosure and when they put the new one in it dislodged it and it ran up inside the uh, intake track okay so every time you go to wide open throttle it would suck up against the screen of the mass airflow sensor oh my restricting gosh. flow only on one side and when the computer would see that kind of an imbalance from one side to the other it would think oh something's wrong but it wouldn't trigger it to go limp until it saw it for five to eight seconds worth of wrong then it would say oh this is a real problem we need to fix this and it was just stuck pre -math. and and it would float around so if you only if you only hit a little bit it wouldn't do it you had to be wide open throttle for enough for it to find its way up oh every single goodness. time and not every time did it do it sometimes it might be sideways sometimes it might be flat so story. i found it I, I found the symptom by putting a data logger on the car and looking at the raw signals right, right. from the mass airflow sensors and realizing um, that they, they were, were different yeah. by 10% at wide open throttle, even times when I wasn't getting a limp mode. So I could test it on the highway. And once I got that, then I showed it to them. There, then they put their fancy stuff on it, found the same thing, um, started tearing into it, and they were looking at other things, and all of a sudden this piece of foam falls out. 
And like, there it is. There's your problem. We chased that for, and and I, I'm pretty sure I know exactly which dealership did it and when it happened. And not that it matters, but as the previous owner had the car serviced at one point, it was the only time the air filters had been changed. Pretty sure that's when it happened. Hundred thousand dollar air filter. Uh, right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So now I got got a lot of other new parts on the car as a result, but yeah, what a waste of time. And, oh and, my gosh. And unfortunately, so you were you were asking about the following year. I um, ended up running the GTR because the 12C, even though we figured these other problems out, again it failed like two three weeks before. No, it was one week before before. Uh, before one lap, it failed. This time, it was a broken exhaust stud, had just broken off, so it was throwing heat inside the engine bay, melting stuff and all like that. Um, and there's no way, there's not enough room to get in there and and fix it yourself. Like yeah. the engine has to come out and all. There's just no room. Week before, so this yeah. is the week before. So we're like, what do we do? So and again, my wife had been wanting to try the GTR thing. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to try an experiment. They say that GTRs drive themselves i'm gonna buy a brand new gtr i'm gonna take it on one lap with zero track time and we'll see how we do yeah um and all we did was we we put brakes on it you know brake pads and tires and ran a bone stock gtr um never driven one before and put it in the top 10 (laughs) pretty good (laughs) so they're right Um, but even even that wasn't without drama because the stupid thing coded out on me the very first day when I was launching it at uh, Memphis International Raceway, they, they, um, they, their front straight shares a drag strip. Right. And I got wheel spin at the start line, and it freaked out the computer. Oh, jeez. How did you like driving that car? It's not me. It's a big They're car. They're super fast. Right. It's the, exact, it's the opposite of me. Yeah, yeah. I like small. I like lightweight especially. I like nimble cars. The GTR is none of that. The GTR is a big freaking hammer um, that just puts power down like nobody's business coming off a turn yeah. you can put really big tires on like it like framing a house with a mini sledge something It'll like do that it. it's, it's something like the that way you want yeah, it, it's, huh? it's just not me wow. um and and i just you know i drove it you know and, and for one lap and, and enjoyed it um for what it was um and i tried to learn to love it right um and ultimately it was just like no i can't do this much longer so yeah. we traded it in the following year and at that time, I still had the 12C. Um, the 12C disappointed me yet again the following year with another problem. I don't remember which it was. Right. And so that's when we traded the GTR and bought the 570. So more recently, you've kind of become known as a McLaren guy. <laughs> um, you know, as, as someone who spends a lot of time at the track, like uh, McLarens are certainly good for that, but Porsches yeah. are known for that too. Yeah. If you're shopping in that market, why do you buy McLaren over something like Porsche? He bought a Porsche too. I also had a I had a GT3, yeah. uh, 997.2 GT3 somewhere in this scheme, um, and um, I didn't like it. I'm just the the whole rear engine thing and me, and 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 all my setup knowledge. None of it worked right on that car. In fact, almost everything I would do worked backwards. You know, put a bigger front bar on it um, would would uh, make it push less. Like yeah. that makes no sense. You know, <laughs> or, or or more rear bar and it would push more. I'm like, you know, just things just didn't work right. So I never liked that car. And it, 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 it one day I went in the garage and it had cobwebs all over it and the battery was dead. I'm like, okay, that's it. You're done. Uh, like I'm just not driving it. So great car on the on the highway. Great car on the track. 
if you like to drive that thing, but terrible car around town too. Yeah. Just stiff. Quite pretty. The, answer your question about why McLaren and not Porsche. One, that's one thing. Although a Cayman would work, and I've driven them, and, the, and they and I like them. Um, the big thing for me is the dynamic suspension. There is nothing else like it. Um, on the McLaren. Uh, you on the McLaren. You 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 cannot believe until you drive it. I can describe it left and right. But with just turning some knobs up and down, I mean, that car is as compliant a car as you'll ever see. Like driving Rolls, around town Rolls over Royce potholes. Level, right? yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. It truly is. Or you can crank it up a little bit, and it's it's a super good car on the track, uh, obviously. Um, and the power that they get out of them is just crazy, and they're super aerodynamic. Um, so, and, and for whatever reason, I was never super fast in mid-engine cars. Like MR2s and Lotuses, I can't drive to save my life. But there's something about the McLaren, the way the handling works. It's just very natural. Makes you feel comfortable. Yeah, it does. It does. So um, now you've you've talked about the 570, and I think you have a 720. Is that right? Right. So what ended up happening was we ran the 570 that next year at one lap. After the uh, GTR, we got rid of that, traded on the 570, and we and we podium for the first time. So that was our first podium. Um, but. It wasn't as fast as the 12C. Sure. It was just way more reliable. I mean, McLaren had finally figured out how to make a road car that would last um, with that. But it, it did. So the 570 doesn't have the dynamic suspension um, that the uh, 12C um, and 650 later, uh, and then eventually the 720s came out. Um, so at one point, I was like, okay, I, I just. I traded them both in and, and bought the 720, which was so, a it was a big nut to swallow. 570 still rolled like a race car, though, huh? What's that? 570 was kind of like a race car still then, huh? Uh, yes, yeah. so it had race car suspension, so okay. it's just you know normal coilover dampers and stuff Stiff, like that, huh? uh, but not interconnected like like it is on the um, yeah uh, on the 12C and, and the 720. So so yeah, I bit the bullet um, and uh, uh, bought the 720. And man, I, that car is just so good on so many levels. And and the prices now, not at the time I bought it, but the prices now have actually started coming down. Well, I think in part it's because they release a new model like every three yes. months. Yes, and that and that yeah. they, they 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 eat their own young for whatever reason um, at McLaren. But uh, but yeah, you know the 765 just came out, and so now the 720s, which they made a lot of. Um, prices have come down, plus the whole COVID situation. I've know. heard that the 765 is irresponsibly fast. It is, yeah. So the big difference with the 765 is twofold. I mean, one is just a little more power, but that, that's that's easy to get with a tune on a 720. Um, the bigger thing is the shorter gears. So it has shorter, tighter gear ratio, uh, so it's shorter final drive. Um, and it just makes the car accelerate that much better. Uh, on a drag strip, it's it's much faster yeah. yeah, because the gearing just works for a drag strip. Um, those guys are doing, I think I saw 9.3 on the stock tires. What? Like yeah, 9.3 on stock tires. Jeez. Uh, yeah, crazy, crazy. Uh, it, it's just, it's, yeah. That's real fast. So that's 765. So a, a um, uh, 720 is like, I think they've dipped down below into the nines. Um, 10.1 is easy. Um, I think 10 is what I did uh, the year in one lap uh, with that when we That's were so uh, two years fast. ago when we were leading. Um, so yeah, crazy cars. Yep. Um, fun, I, I fun, love fun. how you like uh, took your retirement and just kind of played with supercars, and you still have a CRX though. Yeah, my, my kids <laughs> won't listen to this. What, they don't need they don't need any inheritance. So yeah, <laughs> they're they're both doing great. Um, so no, nah, it, it's yeah. you know I, life has been has been good to us for sure. We've been very blessed in a lot of ways. 
Um, and well, I mean, I just love that you still have this. Yeah. Well, I, I can never <laughs> sell this. You know, this would be like, you know, it's I, the only I'd, car that you I'd sell, sell one of my children before I'd sell this. Yeah. Uh, I, I just can't do it. There's just no way. And, and it still brings me joy. When yeah. I drive this car, I go out there and I'm like, this car is so much fun. Still a Civic guy And, at and heart. it's a yeah. very different driving experience than, yeah. than anything else. Um, and once you learn how to, to do it, um, it's like riding a bike. It all just kind of comes back yeah. to you. I mean, you couldn't get two more different cars, this and the 720. Yeah. Um, yet, I feel equally at home in, in each um, and what's great about this one is, so like the 720 is too much car for my home track, my little club track, Harris Hill. Yeah. And the ND is too little car for Coda. Right. This car is perfect for both. Yeah, real fun at both. It, it's real fun at both, and right. depending on what tires you put on it or whatever. So, in fact, speaking of tires, um, we've got another GRM tire test coming up where we'll be bringing this guy back out. Oh, cool. So, um, we're doing uh, kind of a... Uh, a, a throwback to one of the tests we did a long time ago, which was like, what's the best 23-inch tall, 15-inch tire? Right. And the reason that's important is that's what fits on an NANB Miata, yeah. uh, as well as pretty much all of those older generation Hondas yeah. all need that 23-inch tall tire. So you've got uh, the new Falcon RT660 is in a 245 4015. Yeah. Um, the new CR1 from Nankang is a 245 4015 as well. Yeah. Um, even these AO52s, they're 205s, but I've got those fronts there mounted on nines. Yeah, yeah. And that actually works pretty darn well. It's a, yeah. it's a huge stretch, but it works pretty well. So we're gonna we're gonna run all those against each other. Um, Are you gonna do uh, what's the setup uh, for the test? What track or what? So we'll do it at Harris Hill. Okay, um, you, on yeah, track. So not a, not I've got thousands of laps down there, and you know I know the place yeah. like the back of my hand, and so I know some of those tests you did autocross style at Mineral right, Wells or right. whatever. And, and we lost yeah. Mineral Wells, although there is talk now that we may get it back. Um, okay. So um, we're hopeful uh, that we can get it back because that's we can do our autocross testing there. You know, it's very easy to get a hold of. It's and you cheap. also had kind of like a one-mile track setup that you could do there too, right? Uh, yes, although yeah. it that is much harder. It's not as consistent. Yeah, um, I believe that. Yeah. They run time trials up there and stuff like that, but it's it's not as consistent because it uses parts of the lot that are kind of gravelly and all. Right. Yeah. That's uh, where the corner so. that we use for the autocross testing is super clean. Yeah. It's at the top of a hill. All the gravel runs down the hill, um, and it's you know it's funny. It, it's a course that I paint. I I designed and painted it down. Gosh, it must be. It's at least 15 years ago. It might even be 20 years ago for an Evo Evolution Performance Driving School phase. phase oh, no, it was the setup. It was the dial-in course. That's what it was um, that we set up there. And we've been using it ever since. I mean, that yeah. that layout probably has 10,000 laps on it. It's wild. Easy. Easy. Um, which, I mean... Show me another autocross course that's had that many yeah. laps on. You don't get repeatability like that in no, autocross. No, yep. and 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 I can drive it in my sleep. So can David Whitener, who who yep. uh, he tests. He lives near there, so he actually yeah. does a lot of testing uh, at that site himself, um, as well as helping me with tire tests. So. Well, we'll let you get back to racing. We appreciate Sweet. your time, man. No, glad to talk to you guys. Good to good to be out here. You yeah. guys are putting on a I great show I with didn't the know GLTC. You were coming either. Well, like I say, it was all very last minute um, yeah. that, it, that it was going to happen. I mean, we're we're still recovering from storm damage with yeah. the crazy weather we had. Here, so uh, my wife really wants me home, but yeah, 
you know, a couple days at the track, it's a good excuse. Yeah. Uh, at least you're not. At least you don't have to drive through the night to get home again. So. Uh, this is true. This um, is true. Yeah. yeah. Race three was fun to watch. Uh, yep. We're hoping for a good race four, and that'll yep. wrap I lo- up. I love the standing start, by the way. That was that awesome. Was so so fun. That was cool. So, I, only, so good. I, I did it, but my car, you know, I, I came in after the first lap. I'm I so said, glad I did it. I'm yeah. so glad. I did it. Uh, no, it was it was good. It, it was, was good. an experience that you can't replicate that a lot of places. No, nope. so. no, nope. no. It, it works really, really well here. Just everything, everything. Yeah. So, uh, so kudos, kudos on that. You're doing a great job. With that, and uh, hopefully I will have this out uh, at some other grid life events yeah, we're looking uh, forward this to year. So it fits nicely into one or two different classes, and so uh, uh, that's kind of the plan is yeah. to try to get it out. Because yeah, I mean, it could be a street class car if you put some interior back in. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, I have all so. the back stuff. Yeah. I have all that. So that that's the easy that part. That, yeah. uh, that's all the easy part. Get rid of this guy. Part. Yeah. Have yep. to take that yeah, off. All the, this, run it the slick. Wing. And I've run this car slick before, and and it's it's harder to drive. Yeah. Way harder to drive. Um, we have made a rule, though, that safety can displace interior now, and the wording is quite a bit yeah. different. So you're real close to a street class it's, car here. It's you know only what? He could run Club TR, couldn't he? Uh, you have to add too much weight. No, the problem with Club TR, oh, as I just I was talking to Adam about this, yeah. it's 2550 for a swapped larger displacement engine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Engine. yeah. And what are you? This car weighs 1,900. Yeah, that's with, a lot. Without, yeah, and yeah. I'm 150, so that's... 450 pounds. Uh, there's no pounds. way I could put 500 pounds in this car without crushing What yeah. makes something. it so good? Um, well, not only that, just I think the chassis would fold on itself. <laughs> no, you could do it. There are 2,700-pound STL CRXs out okay. there. That's crazy to That's, me. That's, yeah. I put 380 in my STL car when I put a 1.8 in it. Yeah. Uh, all in the back in the spare tire. Well, I had half of it underneath of it as the uh, sandwich plate, you know? <laughs> And it changed the entire dynamic yeah, of the car, I, and I, I didn't like it anymore. I don't think that's like a car I, I want like to drive. Yeah, that's not a so. car I want to drive. Yeah, I didn't enjoy so. the car nearly as much then. So Cool. Well, thanks a lot right. for being on the show. We you really bet. appreciate it. All right, thanks, check Justin. your brakes and have some lunch and go drive. So, thanks, Andy. Thank you. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the pits at Gridlife to say hello.